The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Hey guys, another week of NCA football is here and another chance to make money with your college football knowledge. Or maybe our college football knowledge. Doesn't really matter if you got it. BetDSI.com and we've got a special offer that makes it even more appealing. Now remember, BetDSI, 20 years online, strong rep for customer service, also for fast payouts on your winning. And we got a special offer here to help you get started with an extra bang for your buck. BetDSI, through this offer, is offering double your money on your first deposit. Put in 100 bucks, they give you 100 Put in 1000 they give you an extra 1000 Put in 2500 they give you 2500 Put in more than that, well, you can't. You can, but you only get the 2500 But unless you're putting in more than twenty five, you're doubling your money. It's even better than having an automatic winning bet to double your bankroll because even with a winner, you've got to lay 110 You don't double your money. Here, you double before you even start. Use promo code BELL101. So B-E-L-L-1-0-1. BELL101. You've already won at that point. Doubling your bankroll. Go to BetDSI.com. BELL101. And if any of the picks that we have in the podcast today appeal to you, BetDSI is a good place to go. And with the special promo code BELL101, you're doubling your money before you even place that first bet. Let's get to the show. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right. And it's week seven college football with my Wise Guy Roundtable. To my left, with all the college knowledge, Brad Powers. To my right, Steve Fezzik playing a road game. And then to my extreme right, for the 29th straight week, the streak continues. No sleeves. Ken Thompson. I'm RJ Bell. Guys, the green button. So much fun. We're not going to belabor the point. By the way, I lost college last week. That might be one of the reasons. We'll get through this quick. But boy, is it fun. If you haven't listened yet, anytime that one of the pros likes a game. Anyone else at the table can press the green button. It's an automatic $200 bet. Anytime there's a best bet, you can press the green button. And it's an automatic $500 bet. By the way, I have the record. I won $990 against all three of the pros, including a best bet. I think that's a record that may never be broken. May never be broken. Oh, I'll take that bet. I'll push the button right now. <laughs> well, if you, But if you think about it, if you think about it, Fez, five plus two plus two is the max there can ever be. No, because what if two people have the same best Oh! Okay, that's... Now, anyone who presses against that, that will be a fair... And if they win, they'll beat the record. But that's a while, because I got the plus 990. I, I negotiated the plus 110. But guys... This might be the most jam-packed show ever. Why? We got a bunch of double likes, which we like that when there's two likes. We've got a best bet 
that someone else likes too. We like that. But then we've got the first time ever a crossfire on a best bet. Mm. There's a best bet, and the other person likes it, and it's an auto $500 bet. That's between Fez and Brad Powers. That's going to be fun. Let's do it. Showtime! Woo! But first... Hi, I'm Brad Powers. I like long walks on the beach, and I was down $600 last week. Hi, I'm Steve Fezzik. I like reading The Hobbit with my little boy, and I'm up $700. Hi, I'm Ken Thompson, and I like Fezzik's math models, and I'm plus $400. I'm RJ. I love money, but I'm down $400. (laughs) Game number one, Ohio State, Minnesota. We've got a like from Ken Thompson on the Buckeyes. Yeah, I like the Buckeyes just because they're at home at the horseshoe. They're going to wear down Minnesota. And I'm laying less than seven and a half points per quarter. That's good enough for me. That's every 15 minutes Ohio State outscoring Minnesota by seven and a half points. That'll cover the game by 30. They're laying 29. I think they blow out this Minnesota team that, again, searching for identity. Armstead or Annexted, the quarterback's not bad, but. This team without Rodney Smith, their starting running back, really in a lot of trouble as far as mustering points. They struggled at home mightily with Iowa, and I think Ohio State just continues to expand on the lead, wins this game by 30-plus, RJ. So, Brad, you lean Ohio State. What's holding you back? Uh, it's that Buckeyes defense. Uh, I mean, this year, this Buckeyes defense, we kind of poo-pooed Steve Fezzik on the Straight out of Vegas weekend show the first week when we were watching Oregon State running back, have a couple long runs. The reality is Ohio State's defense this year has given up as many 30-yard plays as they did in a 14-game schedule last year. Ooh, that's a good stat. So say that one more time. Buckeyes defense have allowed as many 30-yard plays or more or longer this year in six games, as they did in 14 games a year ago, that would be my trepidation laying a big number with the Buckeyes here. But I, still I read with them. nine newspapers a day. Good stuff from Brad Powers. Ken, let me ask you what causes me pause. Motivation. Um, Buckeyes, I think the fact they played a less than stellar game last week increases the chance that they uh, are motivated this week. Would you agree with that? I agree with that. Yeah. So to me, it's always about desire for margin. And I don't know about the desire for margin here. Faz, you got a total pass on this one. Better wagering opportunities down the road. <laughs> we could just have a drop of you saying Yeah, I like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's like uh, Fez is here today, but, uh, and then we just keep playing the drop. And then occasionally we could say, I love Jimmy G. You know, just to round it out. It works for me. <laughs> RJ, here's the thing. When you're laying a lot of points like that, like 29 points, it looks like a lot until it's 30 to 7 at halftime. No, I hear you. And again, that old school bookmaker, uh, or I'm sorry, old school batter that has the idea that, oh, I always want to take the dog. I think in college football for what, five plus years, that hasn't been smart. Not saying you want to bet all favorites either. Yep. Next game, Notre Dame at home favored by 21, 21 over Pitt. Fezzik, you like this game. Yeah, I like Notre Dame. I bet the minus 21, all about Notre Dame just being undervalued with Book at quarterback. What have they done? They smashed Wake Forest, crushed Stanford, smashed Virginia Tech. I don't think the betting markets have reacted enough to the upgrade, Wimbush versus Book. And frankly, it's a bad scheduling spot for Pitt. They had to go at North Carolina, at UCF, and then Syracuse overtime game last week. So I can see Pitt, obviously, they're going to be sky high for this game. How much energy will they have, though? 
So this seems, talk about the old school sharps. This seems like a game the old school sharps would be lining up the other way. On one hand, you got a Notre Dame team, which we can debate. Do they have the following they had 10 years ago? But Brad, you're a skeptic with that. And we actually made a bet on straight out of Vegas. We'll talk about quickly. A big one. But let me ask you this question. If you had to rank the teams that just are going to have fan money, as in on any, if you just add up the whole year, divide by the number of games, where's Notre Dame right now when it comes to fan money? Oh, they're they're still fifth. Yeah. Yeah. So we might debate where they were versus now, but they're still one of the most popular teams in the country. So you got that, Fez. And then additionally, you've got their undefeated. So you take an undefeated team that's one of the top five popular teams who's laying three touchdowns. That feels like the recipe for the old school wise guy. What is what is is this a matter of wanting to get ahead of this, figuring you can buy back a 24 potentially? Like if you knew for a fact you couldn't buy it back, you, you knew for a fact, would you still have bet this at 21? Yes, because the Pros out there that are fading Notre Dame, I really feel that their their models are flawed. They're taking the season long averages of that offense, and that mm. awesome is that offense is awesome with Book. So, Brad, we've given you some heat for yep. saying Notre Dame was the most overrated team in the country just a couple of weeks ago. You quickly came off that, and we got to give pros credit when they get something wrong and then they jump off it. Though sometimes it's a yo yo, right? Miami of Florida yeah. last year, you were naysayer, naysayer. And then you were like, yeah, they're back. And then they, you know, I was wrong. And then they lose three in a row. First of all, how confident are you that Notre Dame is a top 12 team? Oh, very confident. They're top 12. All right. So you don't think that they're, uh, you think they're a good team regardless? Yeah, I think they're a very good team. What did you get wrong? Just recap that now that you've got another week of game, another game. I mean, obviously Ian Book and look, Brian Kelly must have felt uh, at least a a little bit of concern for making a switch, even though Notre Dame at the time was already 3-0 and with Brandon Wimbush, the quarterback. That switch I obviously got wrong. And then the other one, Dexter Williams, the running back for Notre Dame, suspended the first four games. Last two weeks, Texas. Dexter Williams has 340 rushing yards in those two big games. He might be a top 10 running back in the country. Notre Dame didn't have the first four games of the season. Ken, what do you like on this one? I lean towards Notre Dame. Again, I'm not getting in front of a freight train. This team right now is playing with a lot of confidence with Book. He's thrown for nine, only one interception. He's run for another three, so the offense diverse. And they're able to overcome some shoddy defensive statistics as far as against the run. They're just that good offensively. They're going to be able to outscore and outscore the uh, point spread as well. Now, Brad, if you're if, <laughs> if you're chasing here, you can press the button on Fez. No, I'm not pressing. We'll be pressing the button against Fez later for a lot more money. Okay, now... Look at him teasing. All right. Here's the bet we did on Straight Out of Vegas. We're going to say quickly, but I'd love you to tweet me what you think of it because this is one I think a lot of people are just getting playing wrong. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. If Notre Dame wins exactly one or loses, I did that the other time too, loses on the radio, one game exactly. So it doesn't go undefeated, doesn't lose two or more. Will they make the playoffs. Now, obviously, we don't know how many games Georgia's going to lose. We don't know Washington. We don't know Oklahoma or Texas in the Big 12, most likely. We don't know West Virginia gets lucky and runs it. A lot of unknowns. That's why it's a bet. Now, think. I took the yes. I think they make it. What odds would you give me? Ask yourself that. And we'll give you a second to think on that. We don't do this often. 
Alright, that's enough. <laughs> Brad gave me four to one. Four to one. Now, if there's no bet, if they don't lose one exact game, there's no bet. It's a push. If there's a bet, he's saying 20% or less of the time, Notre Dame will make it with one loss. Fez, now you would think, hey, because on the radio, we only do $100 green button bets. You think 100 wins 400, right? No, I baited him, in my opinion, into 500 to win 2,000. Now, here's the thing you need to know about Brad, if you're ever in a green button situation with Brad. If his ego gets involved, he'll do anything not to back down. So Fez, being Fez, sensed that, and he said, hey, you want to give me a piece of this? I'm the dirtiest player in the game. I'll take it. And Brad, like, you know, in a rage, says, okay, you can have 502. <laughs> now, in hindsight, do you wish that you had pulled back with Fez? So right no. now you have 1,000 to lose four thousand dollars yeah i'm okay with that (laughs) and fez luckily being fez we checked the blue book on brad's truck and i think we're fine but listen like we always say and it's apps gone from a 350 to a 150 is what we're saying what we've absolutely made clear is brad when he bets especially when he bets those early numbers in vegas before the season on sundays I mean, I keep trying, all joking aside, I would love to buy in, but he's betting the limit. He doesn't want any piece of me to have any piece. This guy wins. So we're fine getting paid, Fed. So luckily, we'd be getting paid with the bookies' money. And I'm doing Brad a service because I'm so busy with my look-ahead lines and the NFL working on those with you, RJ, that I let Brad have the early college football um, openers. (laughs) Wait a minute, Fez. All your contacts in college can't report in by Sunday. (laughs) Maybe that's it, too. Maybe so. (laughs) Yeah, and I might not have revealed my full cards here. There may be 50 to 1 odds that I have on Notre Dame winning the title. Right oh, now. Listen, if we're hedging so, off, that's listen, fine. If we're hedging off for you and yeah. you're giving us a positive EV bet, all the better. So yes. really by you saying that, you just admitted we have the better the best of this. No, you don't. Oh, well then those cards shouldn't matter that you yeah, just, just reveal. Say that. <laughs> if everyone's worried about if Notre Dame makes the playoffs, I'm still somewhat a happy camper. Welcome to Mirage, Mr. Papa Giorgio. <laughs> all right. So guys, on my Twitter at RJ in Vegas, let me know. Would you re- now remember? This isn't a debate, is Notre Dame one of the four best teams if they lose a game? That's for kids. We're here about the money. Will they make the playoffs? And to me, the idea that a one-loss Oklahoma gets in over Notre Dame, absurd. The idea that Washington with one loss gets in, absurd. Now, Ohio State with one loss, maybe. The idea that a Georgia losing for their first loss... The idea for the first time ever someone would lose their championship game and get in, huh? that seems tough. Follow the green, the Irish, and the cash. Let me know what you think. Would you rather have four to one or would you rather lay minus 400 in this spot? And remember, you forgot about Texas, though. We, we did say if Texas wins out and goes 12 and one, beats Oklahoma twice, they're only lost to Maryland by five points in the opener. Who else, does ta- who else does Texas have? Oh, they still have uh, West, uh, West, West Virginia. Virginia. Where's that you game know. at? It's at Texas. Okay. Texas is going to be like? favored in, all, all, in the remaining six games. Yeah, but what's the line Texas-West Virginia? Oh, the Texas will be four and a half. Uh, okay. 
All right. I would be willing. That's interesting. That's right now. Texas When they, when three, they lose yeah, Iowa Texas State, three, it'll yeah. be a lot higher. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Next game, Memphis, Central Florida. Central Florida is four and a half on the road. Can you like? I like Central Florida. Again, this team, uh, you know, we look at Scott Frost. He takes off for his alma mater there in Nebraska. What a great team he's built. Well, really? They haven't skipped a beat without him. Josh Heupel doing a pretty good job. Mackenzie Milton, he's the real deal quarterback-wise. Kid already thrown for 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns. They've got Killens and McCray in the backfield. They're solid. And this is the test that they looked at beginning of the year. This is the one marquee game that we can hang our hat on that people think Memphis at home, probably going to take us out. Not the case. I think UCF rolls by double digits. You lean the same. Oh, no. Actually, Brad, you lean the opposite way. Yeah, and let me get it on record because I know a lot of people are following leans and likes for everyone. I do lean with Pitt in that Notre Dame game plus a 21. And I lean with the dog here, Memphis. Here's the worry for back in UCF. Well, hold on. I gave you a chance to press the button. You said no. Did you want a lot of mic time on top of it? No, I didn't. All right, go ahead. Uh, in this particular game, the worry that I'd have back in UCF, number one, I saw their a rush defense a couple weeks ago against Florida Atlanta get run over for 300-plus yards. What does Memphis have on the other side? The number one rusher in the country in Henderson who has nearly 1,000 yards rushing. And obviously Memphis, double revenge from last year. This is the game they circled in the offseason. Big-time home spot for Memphis. They forgot me to circle Tulane because they got whipped by Tulane. <laughs> That gives me line value here. Okay, you got it. <laughs> All right, it's up to four and a half, but you don't want to press the button. No. So when you say line value, you mean if you bet it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I like it. <laughs> Next game, Fez, uh, pass. Fez, Fez is figuring, hey, if I'm going to have to bet these, I'm going to only, hey, you know we agree when we, or you know we feel it when we really bet. Alabama, best team in the country. And boy, it seems like, Brad, who other than Alabama have you upgraded? You have, you've downgraded Clemson, right? Mm-hmm. Buckeyes, where are they at? Slight downgrade. Defense worries me. What is the second best team you've upgraded? Alabama won. Oh, slightly Georgia, just because I was more down on Georgia than the marketplace coming into the season. Well, how about any up? I mean, Notre Dame would have to be the yeah, one. Yeah, Notre Dame, that would be it. How many points have you upgraded them? Uh, only a couple. What? I mean, I hit... <laughs> I had Notre Dame in the top 10 coming in this season. Everyone acts like I'm a Notre Dame hater. <laughs> so what you saw this year is, yep, par for the course. Yeah. Well, I post my my power ratings on every no, single we're, game. We're not saying. Yeah. By the way, I'm not opening a beer. It's yeah. a full sugar Mountain Dew. All right. <laughs> I think I'm right in line with the marketplace with Notre Dame as far as a pure power rating. Do oh, you, I disagree. No. You're, what, right. what, what do you have Notre Dame number, uh, number what? Like number eight. I want so to you think who's number seven? Uh, go Oklahoma. ahead, Oklahoma. I, I want. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You have Oklahoma favored over Notre Dame right now. I uh, both. Yeah, I wouldn't go into the hundredth decimal point yet. Well, they're, hey, they're, you put it there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am. Good. I am calling bullshit right now. Oh, I, I, oh, wow. I, I want you to go to the games of the year lines on the Iris that remain and show me what the what the lines were back in August and what they're going to close at. And Notre Dame's well, not going to Well, it doesn't matter be... what it's going to close at. It matters what it is now. Yes. Right, because yes. they still put up the games of the year some places. That's a great point. So I want to compare because I am confident they've moved more than a field goal on the Irish. Yeah, but I'm saying I was already higher on Notre Dame coming into the season hmm. than the marketplace. Did so you I have... upgraded them a couple points. Market... How many Notre Dame tickets on games of the year before the season do you have in your pocket? 
Mm. That's a good call. Mm. And didn't you oh, like... Hold, hold on. Fez, I know you'd love to jump <laughs> to whatever topic you want to talk about, even though I'm talking about another topic. And we love you. Not for that. So how many Notre Dame tickets can you produce on Twitter? Uh, zero. Right okay, now. now this is interesting. Yeah. Hold, hold There's on. only a couple points. There's a lot more teams that are off, like four or five points. So you're saying you couldn't find one You thought this team was underrated. You couldn't find one spot to bat. I, I bet against them a couple games. Uh, uh, then it doesn't sound like you were above the market. I was above one guy. Uh, <laughs> I think we've exposed. Yeah. And, and Brad, didn't you make a substantial bet on Michigan, no, yeah, on Michigan against Notre Dame week one that seemed to fly hey, when contrary you're beating the closing to your line, like nine points. Yeah, I'll take a loss. Huh? Give me nine points on every no, game. Hold and on, I'll hold take on. It. Yeah. I know you're defensive yeah. right now. No one's saying you were wrong about what we're saying is it seems weird that you liked Notre Dame more than the market if you're betting against them before this. Just season. two games, yeah, versus zero that you bet on them because it wasn't enough. <laughs> Boy, something about Notre Dame. Did you want? Let me ask you a question. We've never asked this. Did you apply to Notre Dame? And no, I mean, I in? had my family had season tickets to Notre Dame for twenty I, years. I know. Yeah. And did you apply? No, they didn't have my degree. Journalism? They didn't have it. Notre Dame doesn't have a journalism no, school. They didn't at the time, fifteen years ago. What? What? How did they hurt you? Well, I mean, let's see. Boston College, 1993. Uh, several games. The Buckeye games, 95 and 96. So this was just you were such a fan. Yeah. Your heart was broken when they lost. And then yeah. you started to hate them? No. He was like hate. Rudy. He wanted to get on the football team. They would have <laughs> I, You know something? I think there's more to this story. We'll get to it one day. It might be a couple years from I now. I think Brad wanted to be the mascot, and they'd already had the <laughs> position filled. Boy, Ken, that was, that was rough. What was that wow. about? Oh, no, because I've told him. I said, with the red beard, I said, he's definitely Notre Dame mascot. <laughs> wow. I don't think that's a compliment. No, I didn't say it was that's a compliment. <laughs> I mean, maybe you should boycott his show Friday night just what for that one. Fezzik's <laughs> already done it. Join the party. Every Friday night, Brad comes down, yeah. fights traffic. Yeah. Into downtown old Las Vegas for you. Really? I, Last week he called it in. <laughs> how, how many times on a Friday before you get in the car do you think, oh shit, I got to go down there? Is it over times? over under three and a half? Over under three and a half. No, under. Under. How many times on average? Oh, it's happened maybe twice. Wait, twice though. Meaning it's two o'clock and you're thinking, oh, I'm almost done with my work. And then you're thinking, oh, well, I, I got other go obligations on why I got to be down there. Ah, yeah. okay. Then go ahead and make fun of him if you want. It's no big deal. <laughs> we're, we're good, man. I appreciate Brad. And it's uh, there's very few people across the country that can sit down and go over every single college game on the board. Okay, Bama, as we said, favored by 28 and a half over Missouri. You got a derivative, Brad. Yeah, I'm going to continue to bet Alabama in the first half. So I'm thinking it's going to be right around 18. Does that sound about right, Fez, or little little high, a little low. 28 should translate to 17.35. Okay, so let's talk 8.35. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I love this. 
But uh, the reason being, I mean, it's quite simple. Alabama is so superior to the rest of the competition in college football. It doesn't always translate to the full game because they take the foot off the gas pedal. But how about this? In the first half this year, Alabama 6-0 and against the number. Average score, 40-6. to What's keeping it, you know, obviously it's a derivative bet, so it's not getting as much play as Alabama full games. And the problem also holding it back is Alabama for the full game is getting pricey. They failed to cover their last three games. Alabama's been backdoored in each of their last three games. So I'd rather bet Alabama in the first half when two was on the field, unlike the second half of the full game where he hasn't taken a snap in the fourth quarter all season. And let me tell you, in the last game against Arkansas, they backdoored the Razorbacks big time in the first half. They Arkansas was on the one foot line and story the quarterback fumbled and Alabama recovered on the one who go the other way on a slant with about a minute and a half to go and get a long touchdown, a broken play. That's how they covered the first half. Fez, when do, or either you guys, when do the first first halves come out? What point of the week? You know, I don't see them until game day. Game day. Yeah, I, I don't see them until game day. So, guys, if you can get it, or here's the thing. What Matty Holt told us, a longtime bookmaker in town, they don't try to guess this stuff. Now, they finally did with the NBA with this down 0-2 at home in the first half. But unless it's something everyone's talking about on Twitter – they usually won't say, oh, Bama's covering in the first half. They're putting in their uh, backup, quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Let's shade this. In general, they're just doing the robotic calculations, and then they let the betters tell. They don't mind. The limits are low enough. Hey, you want a crack or two, and it moves it. Okay, we'll pay the expense of those two, the negative EV in theory on those bets. The bookies won't accept that, not to have to overthink every number. Fez, does that sound right? It does. So the key to this is bet it early. Yep. Right. So if you're looking to bet this as soon as it's up on game day or if anyone has it, and Brad, what I would do is maybe keep your eye on the screen, see if anyone's coming out on Fridays, and if so, tweet it out, just FYI. Follow Brad at Brad Powers 7. And But this is one, I think if you like it, bet it as soon as you see a number. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And based upon the results year to date, I think eventually all it takes is one prominent tweeter to give out that information for people to start backing with their cold cash. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I think it takes it reaching in the zeitgeist of gambling Twitter before they really start moving the number. Last week was the first time that that line did move a couple of points, the first half line. Uh, so it wasn't priced in at the opener, but people were starting exactly. to bet Alabama in the first half. Last week was the first time all season. Yeah, so they're going to be betting it a while before they start pricing it yep. in. Uh, your buy price is minus 18. Minus 18. Okay, Ken, you like the total. I do like Alabama. Yeah, yeah I, do, I, I do like the total. I think this game's going to go over the total. I like Alabama to score a ton. Missouri will score, but the thing is, there. You know, when we think of Missouri, we think of Drew Locke. We think of this guy being a prolific passer. But against SEC teams, he struggles mightily. In fact, in the two key games against Georgia and South Carolina, he didn't throw for one touchdown pass. They rushed for seven touchdowns. So you know, Crockett and Roundtree the third are doing the business there as far as scoring the points for Mizzou. But I think they'll be able to run the ball enough. And Alabama, they're going to go through the motions at home. They're going to take care of. Business business they're going to score enough points to put this game over maybe themselves i think missouri's going to have trouble and i would lean towards bam as far as covering for the game not only for the you know the first half like you guys are talking about but i just don't see missouri being able to move the ball via the airways uh and nick saban's entire head coaching career that's the highest total in any game Mm, just keep that in mind 74 and you like the over 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not I'm, saying you're wrong. Yeah. I'm just like that Alabama would, defense didn't look so hot last week. But if anything, that means to me when Saban can mm-hmm. name a score, you know something? Uh oh. Yeah. All right, Mackie, we can. Ken's a little shaky on his total numbers. Give me a consensus number. All right. <laughs> what do you think, Faz? You want to jump on? Let's. Pre- it will get Ken off his game. Nah. Oh, so is that you saying your math guys saying it's too high? My math guys have informed me that Thursday I'm going to be getting their numbers. So because of the pod, you're not getting it early. Correct. Well, why don't you tell them you won't that you won't mention that? Like no one wants you to read the numbers like you were like a phone book anyway. They're very adamant. Thursday is going to be the day. <laughs> I guess that's the price of having such a big podcast. RJ didn't learn from last week, did he? Not, not going to do it. You don't like it either? I, I'm i leaning towards the under, but the... No, it's the it. Alabama just, offense. I think it's going to score 60 saying. points. Thank you. That's all I'm that's saying. That's the problem. That's right. That's, that's the I concern think. I have. That's what I think. I do think Alabama's defense is going to shut down Missouri a little bit. So the number set, the market's 75. 75. Woo. 74 is what we have here listed. It's what you listed. No, no, it's what Brad put up I there. I have 75 in my notes. 74? <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm looking at I did put it. 74 is right here on your... I, this is what you take And that email and was 36 I, hours I, I, ago. Well, I, I, I get my stuff in before screen, everybody screen, else, though. Right? Listen. Okay, we, got, we bet on the market price. So okay. You don't want... You don't, you don't so dislike your bet that you want, like, off-market price. Last dude. week, did you want six with Texas A&M against Texas A&M? No, you wanted seven, yeah, RJ. One point that's means different. a lot. And a it's 74 a and a 75 on a total. Listen, really? Listen. When, it, when, it, when it ends oh, up on hold 75. On, hold on. Whatever the line was 36 hours ago. Just for that, give me the buy. Oh! <laughs> yeah! Another, now I feel even more confident because I beat both you guys last week. It's great. Okay, so mark it down. Dumb and dumber. Beautiful. Oh, jeez. Oh, Listen to this guy. That's awesome. <laughs> Listen to this guy. I I got more A's in 20 minutes than he not got in his whole football career. You did. Oh, in his career. Maybe yeah. in NFL, but let's not but do not the college. dumb. Let's not do the dumb and dumber. Well, you didn't have to be the dumber. You could be <laughs> just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> the, the second guy that pressed the button boy, is dumber. Boy, I gotta tell you, he's gotta be rattled. No talent. I'm not talking about talent. I said genius. Genius. That's what I have to say. Genius. That's it sitting there being quiet. (laughs) I'm I'm checking the weather report in Missouri. Really? Might might be. Too bad it's in Alabama. All right. So (laughs) under 75, two and two. And listen, here's where you're wrong. And Ken, I hope you learn from this. I will. Saban, when he has a chance to make a statement with his team, especially when they're favored by four touchdowns all the time, the intensity on the defensive side of the ball in the uh, practices for Bama this week are going to be through the roof. And in the second half, he's going to still be like, we don't want to give up points. I think if anything, lost another starter just came out today, lost another starter on the defense. So the defense isn't that great. So so what you're saying is if Bama comes in, like it's a national championship game, defensive intensity, I'm not saying they're going to do that. You're saying they don't have enough talent to shut Missouri. They don't have the, enough talent in the secondary. They don't have the depth. This is four brand new guys in the secondary. Arkansas went up and down the field on them. Mm-hmm. Up and down the field. One team did. You're Out talking about Tre- Trevor Story, for the love of God. All right. Listen, the beauty is once the bet's made, all the talking can end. Yep. All right. Next game. Boy, that was fun. It was.
Wow. It'll be even more fun next week when you guys announce your names. I've got action on this game. (laughs) Michigan State, Penn State. Penn State at home favored by 13 and a half. Guys, we got only two games with just leans. This is one of them. We're going to go through it fast. Let's start with uh, Fezzik actually has notes on this one. Go. Yeah, lean Penn State. Revenge for a loss against Sparty is a 10-point favorite last year. I know the Ohio State loss was a crusher, but they've had 14 days to get over it. I think they need to win with margin to have any chance to get into this playoffs now, and that's going to serve as a motivator. I lean Penn State. So if Penn State wins out and somehow wins the Big Ten, do they get in over another? Yeah, they get in. Oh, wow. They need the Buckeyes to lose You know what's great is hearing him make these cases tells me how he priced it the way he did. Because, Faz, what did he say that made you know you had a good bat? Yeah, when he started talking about uh, this was off air. Central Florida running the table as being a possibility to get in there over the Irish State. You're just grasping at straws on a minus eight in over on a minus four hundred bet. You're counting on Central Florida. <laughs> All right, uh, Fez leans Penn State. I lean Penn State as well. Go. Here's the thing: it's not only revenge from last year. That loss to Michigan State after a three-hour rain delay probably cost them a shot to get in the playoff. I mean, they lost to Ohio State by that one point at the horseshoe. McSorley's darn good, man, and he should have beat the Buckeyes. How do you ever run a running back on fourth and six? As much as I had Ohio State to win that game at Happy Valley, I was very impressed with the way Trace McSorley played, and I think Michigan State is the most overrated team in college football. I said it at the beginning of the year. I've made money against this team. I will continue to. You know why? Because they got Felton Davis the third and Lewerke the quarterback, and that's it. Nothing else. All right, so lean Penn State from Ken and Fad. Is Brad. Yeah, I'm on the other side, but just a lean on Michigan State uh, plus the 13 and a half. Tough getting margin. I mean, Michigan State does have by far the number one rushing defense in the country, so they can force you to be one dimensional. And also, Michigan State, first time this season. Yeah, they've been overrated, KT, but now they're in the underdog role, and they've been about the best team in the country. The underdog role last six years are 16 and five against the number, and actually a winning record straight up in the underdog role last 21, 11 and 10. Lucky they beat Utah State at home. I mean, come on. Utah State's good. This team's pathetic. This team's pathetic. This is the worst. And I think D'Antonio may get fired at the end of this year because I see him losing a couple more games. They're not firing him. I'll make that bet right now, too. All right. Next game. Also a lean. Let's go around the horn again. Texas favored by 14 at home over Baylor. Fez. Yeah, I lean Baylor. Every now and then I like to just go to Subway and get like the double meat, get a big Dagwood sandwich. And this is a sandwich game for Texas. They beat Oklahoma. Kudos to them, plus three in turnovers. And they've got Oklahoma State and West Virginia on deck next. I could see them overlooking a Baylor team that they beat 38-7 to last year. Ken. I lean as well. I lean towards Baylor just because it could be a case where Texas overlooks. And the running game with Hasty and Lovett is good enough to help out Charlie Brewer. Jalen Hurts, an outstanding receiver that transferred. So Baylor will score points. They may get a backdoor cover, but I would lean Baylor. Texas coming off the emotional win against Oklahoma. Yeah, and I'll make a consensus here. Lean on Baylor for me. And to me, it's all about Texas and their head coach, Tom Herman. Texas and Tom Herman have not handled expectations well. Kudos for Tom Herman. They won again, covered again in the underdog role. But what he hasn't done is cover as a favorite. Four and 13 against the number last 17. That's a big kind of letdown spot after that huge win last week. That's why I like the Bears plus four. And I lean with the Bears plus 14 and a half. Okay, guys. Literally, from here on, it's either best bets or double likes. Think about that for a second. Either best bets or double likes, and we do have the first time ever a five hundred dollar dollar auto bet 
Crossfire, Best Bet versus the like, Fez and Brad. I don't know who's shook. I know Fez looks as confident. It's almost like Fez somehow, like like a third of his brain was somehow being held hostage and he was struggling. And now he feels like yeah. he's got his whole brain back and he's just got that that confidence. What, what's changed, Fez? Yesterday I ran into Nolan Dalla. And he gave me a high five, former World Series of Poker spokesperson. And he said, Fezzik, you are the man. And when he touched me, I felt his power. Wow. Ooh. Ooh. So it was almost like when Hawk Hogan and Macho Man used to do their handshake. <laughs> They'd come in like this. <laughs> <laughs> now, you guys do realize we're not taping quite yet. They're doing the handshake the with each other. I mean, listen. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not going to judge it. It just seems a little weird. I've been hanging and banging for years. <laughs> but, okay, next game. And as we said, it's it's action-packed from here. West Virginia, Iowa State. West Virginia on the road, undefeated, favored by six and a half. First up, though, Mr. Dave Esler. Now, listen, we call a spade a spade. Dave Esler has not been good on his best bets. And you might think, oh, well, what's he good for? Well, He's been mighty good in the other stuff. So remember, if someone's winning a bunch of best bets or if they're losing, listen, once you get a couple hinder, you better win. But when it's a handful, don't overreact. Now, I'm not saying, oh, now's the time to play him because he's due. I don't believe in that either. But this is a situation where Dave has been with pregame, what, eight years? He is a rock-solid winner and great content. So let's start with his take on the West Virginia game. This week's not factored in item is strength of schedule. And I think that's a whole lot more relevant now that we've got five or six games under our belt. Look at West Virginia. There are 45 teams that have played a tougher schedule than West Virginia, who's ranked sixth in the nation. The hardest test they've had, Texas Tech. They beat Texas Tech. Tech didn't have Alan Bowman, the nation's leading passer for most of the game. Fast forward to this week, Iowa State. Iowa State has played the second, number two, second toughest schedule this season. They played two ranked teams. They beat Oklahoma State last week with their third string freshman quarterback. They played TCU and Iowa, both just outside the top 25. So I look at all that and I say, in effect, they've played four teams as good or better than West Virginia's toughest opponent. So although West Virginia might be ranked sixth at night in Ames, laying almost a touchdown, to a battle-tested ISU team is cause for pause for me. All right, Dave Astler there likes Iowa State. Ken, you like? I like Iowa State a lot. I like this kid, Brock Purdy, that stepped in last week, had a big-time game, and he's a dual threat. Rushed for 83 and a touchdown, threw for four more and 318. Here's the other thing. West Virginia, minus two on turnovers. They've gotten eight. They've given up 10. Will Greer, six interceptions. So as good as he is, he forces that football. Look, he's got three of the better receivers in the country in Sims, Sills the fifth, and Jennings Jr. But it's going to come back and haunt him. And I do like the nighttime atmosphere in Ames, Iowa. I think Iowa State, not only do they have Purdy, but Kemp supposedly should be ready to step in their starting quarterback. As from what I'm hearing, he will be available if need be. All right, so this is a triple-like 
Brad, you like the same side. Yeah, I like Iowa State. And just generally speaking, West Virginia, I think, is overrated. They're number six in the AP poll. I don't even have West Virginia in the top ten. I got them number 12. And Dave mentioned it's all about strength of schedule. And this is it's funny because it's about this time of year where I start factoring in strength of schedule as far as a lot of times where I find value in the marketplace. And he's exactly right. West Virginia hasn't played anybody. Not a single top 35 team. Iowa State's more battle-tested. And you're right, KT. Looks like Will Greer, Heisman pressure is getting on him. He's trying to force the issue, especially in scoring opportunities. A lot of red zone turnovers last week. Give me Iowa State. Brad, Brad, I mean, uh, RJ, last thing. Texas Tech, when they had to go to the backup quarterback, they were getting drilled in the first half. They went to the backup. They pulled within one score, and the kid made a mistake at the end of the game. But they brought him all the way back from 28 down and only lost the game by one score until the pick six. I like Brad going, you got that right, KT. Yeah, That's pretty good. <laughs> Faz, you just lean the same way. What's holding you from a bat? I just upgraded. Well, what was holding me back is Will Greer is just a really tremendous quarterback, in my opinion. But he likes to, he's a gunslinger. He likes to force the ball in. I just got the weather report names. 53 degrees, it's going to be a lot cooler. That's the high. It's going to be at night, so it's going to be even cooler. 50-50 chance of rain. I think that's going to neutralize some of Greer's advantage, making me like Iowa State even more. Okay, so it wasn't just a triple like before you. It was the weather report that got you from a lean to a lot. It got me prompted to check the weather. <laughs> yes. This is where RJ comes in with the bell for West Virginia. <laughs> no. No. See, I don't just fade you. Listen. I have my pit. I mean, not ever anybody, but I have a lot of choice on the wise guy round table. I've got you, you guys for a reason. I just know your weakness every once in a while, every once in a while, Colorado, USC, USC favored by a touchdown, Brad, you and Ken double like this one. Go, Brad. Yeah, I like USC. Let's talk about strength of schedule. As bad of a schedule as West Virginia's played, Colorado's schedule is even weaker. Colorado has only played one team in the top 65. So one team above average so far this season. They only won that game by seven at home against Arizona State last week. On the flip side, USC's got one of the toughest strength of schedules. They played four Teams ranked higher than even Arizona State so far this season. SC, great spot, coming off a bye. Perfect at home under Clay Helen, 18-0 and straight up. And they've owned Colorado. Since Colorado joined the Pac-12, SC 7-0 against them. Average loss, I've got in my notes, 7 points per game. Forget 7 points per game. It's actually 17 points per game. Give me SC in a great spot, minus the 7. It's like, no, you don't get 10 steak knives. You get 100 steak knives. Now, did you talk about the AP? Yeah, I mean, listen, it doesn't get much more overrated than this. Colorado right now, number 19 in the AP poll. I have Colorado number 50 in my power ratings. Now, based upon this line, where's the Vegas market? And again, I know you can only estimate. Where do you think USC is in the eyes of the Vegas market, one to, one to whatever? Oh, I would say SC's between 25 and 30. All right, so the fact that they're saying... USC at home lane seven means they think they're significantly better. So it sounds like the market thinks they're in the forties or, or, you know, low yeah. forty. or yeah, uh, I'm a little lower high. on the market than Colorado, but, but just not by smidge. much, not by much. Ken, same. Yeah. And again, you're a USC fan, but you are willing to fade them 
What do you like here? Yeah, what I love is that they're coming off the bye and that Colorado's coming off a nip and tuck win against Arizona State in a game they struggled at home in Boulder in the altitude. JT Daniels, he's a young kid. Again, a true freshman. His top receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown, a true freshman. They played at modern day together. They had time to work on things. USC's defense has been lackluster, but Gustin and Camp Smith will get it together. The bye is huge for SC. Remember last year, they didn't have a bye, and that really hurt them during the year. So this is big for them. Colorado, I like the way Montez is taking care of the ball, but I think they're going to struggle. They have one receiver, Chenault, that's one of the best in the country, 51 receptions, 708 yards, and six touchdowns. The other three guys combined only have three touchdowns and 53 receptions. USC is going to double up on him. This kid's going to have a lot of trouble getting the ball. They're going to pressure Montez into making mistakes. They will turn it over. I love McIntyre as a coach. I think he's probably even better than Helton. The end of the day, SC off the bye. They're the real deal in this game. Good stuff from Ken Thompson. So like from Ken on USC, like from Brad on USC, Fez, you lean Colorado. Now, here's the green button. I'm going to pass on the green button. My, you know, similar to Brad, I'm, we're not way. Should we even listen to what he's saying? No, I want to hear it. Right. We're not way different. I mean, I've got USC like the 30th best team. We have Colorado the 40th best team. So from a pure power rating perspective, that plus seven looks juicy, but you guys nailed it. The spot's great for USC off of a bye and USC that 18 and 0 at home. Do I really think that they're going to lose this game? No, that's a small window to cash my ticket. Colorado losing by one to six. All my bets were safe. There just wouldn't be any juice. <laughs> but Fez says no. You're listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Next game, another double like. Fez in the lead with this one. Oregon at home getting three from Washington. Faz, you've had some bad experiences with Oregon. You're going back to the well. Gosh, I have no team I've lost more money on betting on than Oregon games, but I really like this game. Washington is just overrated. You look at their schedule. Auburn, Auburn's no good. They lost to Auburn. Uh, BYU, they're no good. And... Arizona State, I, I don't think much of the Sun Devils either. Across the board, what's wrong with Washington? I think it's Browning, the quarterback. The eye test says something is wrong. I don't know if he's injured. He's not nearly the quarterback that I saw prior to this year. I mean, here's the thing you got to say about Faz. No sex, no booze, no drugs. Our little roller is a purist. He's a goddamn <laughs> thoroughbred. All he cares about is the next hand. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best drops. That, that's the first time we've. I know. I, I got wow. some just waiting for the I right. I love it. Owning Mahoney, a great gambling movie. That's already in the top five. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. I can. You agree. You like Oregon. Oregon's been waiting for an opportunity to avenge the meltdown they had against Stanford at Autzen Stadium. This is the perfect scenario. Off a bye, Washington barely beating UCLA, had a 17-point lead at the half, hold on, win by a touchdown. Look, they have one defensive stopper in Burke Irvin. This guy has 74 tackles. Next closest guy has 35 tackles. Unreal. Stay away from that guy. Meanwhile, Miles Gaskin, a little bit banged up. The running back for Washington hasn't done much lately, and Browning does not have the receiving core he had last year. Enter Oregon. Justin Herbert. Probably the number one quarterback going to go, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there's some teams like the Raiders that may focus in with two first-round picks and exit Derek Carr. Just a suggestion there. Jalen Jelks, he'll come up big. He'll pressure 
Jake Browning. I think Oregon, the crowd at Autzen Stadium gets into it. I think Oregon rolls big time in this game. Washington is a fraud, just like Auburn is. And we looked at that game at the beginning of the year in Atlanta saying, God, what a marquee game. Both those teams are fraudulent. Okay, Ken. So you actually have a formal relationship with the Raiders. Explain that. Yeah, I do the Raider postgame show now here in town, the Silver and Black State postgame show. And I watch every single game, every single play. I go back. We have to pick all the plays of the game, the players of the game, all that stuff. And from what I understand, from what I'm hearing, is that there was an internal problem with the Kyle, with the, with the Khalil Mack deal as far as the agent for Mack. Mack didn't want to go to Chicago. He didn't want to leave the Raiders, but his agent said, let me handle this. I'll get you the money. Therefore, he ends up in Chicago. They played hardball with the Raiders. Mark Davis and the ownership would have nothing to do with it because they're paying Carr 20 plus million. They figured if they're paying Mac 20 plus million, 70% of the cap is going to go to 51 guys, 30% to those two. And that's why they let Mac go. So if you like the Raiders, check Ken out on Twitter at Sports X Radio. All right, Brad, you only lean only to Oregon. What's holding you back? The last two years watching this game where Washington's beaten Oregon by an average, an average of 42 points per game. It's been clear mismatch city. And keep in mind, prior to that, Oregon, one of the best series plays ever. Every year you take Oregon over Washington. last year? Yeah, it's Herbert, yeah Herbert played a couple years ago. I mean, still, that doesn't make up for 42 points per game the last two years. I get it. I lean with Oregon. I'm with the guys. I just can't like it. Okay, Brad, you've got your doubts, but Dave Esler does not have his doubts. This is actually his best bet of the week. This week's free pick, the Oregon Ducks plus the points at home over the Washington Huskies. We know the Huskies have a defense, but I would argue that it's not what it used to be, not after they lost so much to the NFL. And they did give up 422 yards to UCLA last week, but it's their offense that really concerns me. They put up 21 at Utah. 16 against Auburn. Browning has five picks this year. He threw five all of last year. And over the last three years, betting on Washington, here's the premium you pay. They're 27 and six straight up. They're only 16 and 17 against the spread. If the Ducks win this game, they can still win the Pac-12 North. The Ducks' only loss this year was to Stanford in overtime in the game they completely dominated. Washington lost to an up-tempo Auburn team and they may well lose to an up-tempo Oregon team. Best bet from Dave Esler. You can follow him on Twitter at Dave underscore Esler, E-S-S-L-E-R. Any thoughts on Dave's insights? No, I mean, agree with it. All right. So we got best bet, like, like, and just a lean from Brad. And he's concerned about the last two years in the matchup in this series. All right, guys, listen. We got three games left. But these might be... The best three to end a show I've ever seen. We literally have Ken's best bet, but Brad likes it too. So best bet plus a like. Then we have the first time ever best bet $500 auto bet crossfire between Brad and Fez. And then we end with Brad's best bet of the week. Now that's a way to, I don't even need that full sugar Mountain Dew after a long day. First, our one and only commercial break. Hey guys, this college football season, remember that a little exaggeration makes every story more interessante. Like Dosakis, the only beer that fills every college football. Wait a minute, it fills it? Uh, well, listen, I'm not going to judge. The only beer to have its number retired. 
I don't know about that, but I'm going to believe it. The taste that led former president Ben Franklin hmm, to tear down a goalpost and the inspiration behind Steve Spurrier's nickname, the head beer coach. Hmm. But most importantly, remember, keep it in Terrasante this football season with Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Drink Dos Equis responsibly. 2018 imported by Cervasis Mexicanus. White Plains, New York. Do you want to get an edge over Vegas in the books this season? BetQL is available for download. And it's the only mobile app that gives you everything you need to make smarter bets. With BetQL, you can access line movement to see a game's odds have moved over time. You can get access to public betting trends so you can see which side of a bet the public favors. Discover value bets of the day with BetQL's algorithm based off of detailed recent and historical trends. BetQL shows you which teams are trending against the spread and over and unders. The best part of all? You can download BetQL for free from your Apple or Android device. Use promo code PODCAST to unlock your free three-day trial. It's time for you to turn the tables and give yourself an edge over sportsbooks by downloading BetQL. Head to BetQL.co to download and use promo code PODCAST before this offer expires. That's BetQL.co, promo code PODCAST. Okay, Brad, how'd you do in the NFL last week? Three, two. Three, two. Is that some kind of three and two? Three and two on my likes. All right. So you were on the pod. How'd your uh, betting go? Uh, betting, I lost money because uh, you went bet. three and two. This sounds like a bankroll management problem, yeah. Fez. Yeah, it does. What happened? Uh, you faded me on my best bet, the Oakland Raiders. And, and now, who did you have agree with you? Fezzik. You think mm. I'd be scared? No, no, not no. at all. We got a shooter. <laughs> now, here's where I'm going to give you a ton of credit. You're coming back. I am. Now, Maddie Holt, and this is going to be rare. He's at the uh, G2E. His business has a huge uh, amount of business. His business has business. <laughs> <laughs> now let's play big bank, take little bank. But he's going to have to miss this week. But Brad, we we were trying to get him to come back. Right? And he was, I'll give him credit. He was wavering, but he was right there. And then me and Fess says, listen, we'll give you minus 105. So he's coming in tomorrow on the NFL Dream after taking a beating. Beating. How much did you lose? 300. That's not too bad. Yeah. I lost I, 600 on this podcast, <laughs> for Pete's sake. It's a 50% improvement. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the math there. I mean, Faz, listen, this guy, when it comes to the math, I mean. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not on the NFL pod. Oh, Ken, you, don't, you wouldn't want any. 5-0 hey, this week, 5-0. Go to pregame, 5-0. Well, now, listen, this is a great opportunity yeah. for you to step up. Now, here's the rule when an interloper wants to get involved. You've got to have four likes and one best bat. And you're, let's just say this. You have an open invite any week you want to show. Is this Thursday? No, it's always, it's Wednesday. Yeah, see, I mean, uh, coincidentally, live at Steiner's, live at Steiner's. Yeah, got to practice the free but, throws. But I'm guessing no, at not, some point. No, there's no free throws. But I'm guessing at some point you're not going to have to be live at Steiner's. So just to say it's an open invite and we'll let you, we'll lay 105 to you. 
Uh, I, I'm for sure in there. All right. Well, we'll 14, see. four and one NFL. Hey, that's plus great. 26 units. It's great. We'll still lay 105. All right. Let's do it. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. Go, Ken, go. Oh, yeah. Rocking and rolling in Baton Rouge at nighttime. Georgia coming to call. And, hey, look, Georgia hasn't played a top 20 team. I do respect Jake Fromm. His percentage of completions outstanding. But they just don't have a pass rush. And if they don't have a pass rush, they're not going to pressure Joe Burrow like Florida did in the swamp. Therefore, he won't make mistakes. Brosette, Edwards, Hilaire, these guys will run it enough. But the defense will come up big. That crowd will be in a frenzy. So you saw the swamp crowd there against LSU. Now you see the LSU crowd against Georgia. Georgia still doing what they need to do to win games, but this is going to be their real first test, and I think LSU wins this game straight up. They're plus seven and a half, so I think they win it straight up, but I'll take the seven and a half points all day, LSU in the, at home in the bayou against Georgia. Okay, now Fez grabbed the green button. Now, this is fascinating. Fez, I do want to warn you, Brad also likes this. So if you press, it's 700. I think it's only fair to let Brad give his presentation. Though that's kind of counterproductive. Like, Brad, in theory, should make it sound bad. Like, you know, now that I think about this, I mm. wish I didn't like LSU. But, I, hey, it's on the paper. What am I going to do? Yep. So we're going to let you decide before the presentation. Go. Go. Thinking. Go. Thinking go, Brad's go, awfully good go, at college. Go, but go, I did win. Go, I won 700 go. and I haven't pressed the button yet. <laughs> Oh, wow. I love it. I'm, I'm so happy on that. I, it's great. $700 and the line seven and a half flat. So you guys are even money. Brad, make your case. Yeah. I mean, obviously an historic home underdog role for LSU. Here's the three teams that have been favored by more than a touchdown against LSU in the last 16 years. A Florida team with Tim Tebow at quarterback, pretty good defending national champs at the time and a pair of Alabama teams. Plus, we talk about strength of schedule. It's been a narrative so far this podcast. Georgia hasn't played anybody yet. No single top 20 team. LSU's battle tested. I've seen LSU against Miami, against Auburn, last week in the Swamp uh, against Florida, a game that was a coin flip with two minutes left. Scoreboard doesn't say so, but that's what it was. Give me LSU getting more than a touchdown at home. I like the Tigers. Okay, Fez, what's, you only have a lean on Georgia. Did you check the weather? No. <laughs> He just wants action. <laughs> no, what, what's your thinking? My thinking, I'm going to go back a year because Brad mentioned this is a historical spread for LSU. Well, last year it was a historical spread for Tennessee. They're catching 10 against Georgia. Final, and Brad disagreed yeah. with me. I like Georgia. Wait, so you remember some disagreement from two years ago? One year ago. Okay. Oh, okay. George, How many games have we done since? Georgia 41, Tennessee 0. Throw all this historical trend stuff against Georgia in the garbage can. Georgia is a completely different team. Yes, they're not Alabama, but uh, they're a wrecking crew. And LSU have been talking about how they've been overrated all year long. I agree this is a really good spot for LSU, and that's why LSU might be able to cover the teaser, Georgia by 10. You've been saying how they're overrated, overrated. Now, that's overrated, Brad, relative to the AP. Yep. But did you think, has the market had LSU overrated or do you think the market's been right all along? 
No, I think the market has had LSU pretty much uh, in line until this week. This I've been playing against LSU for the most cases, except with the exception of the old Miss game a few weeks ago. My power ratings have been lower on LSU than the marketplace. This week is the first time that my power ratings are saying play on LSU. The market is actually you know significantly downgraded so LSU so you're from saying, last week. You're saying LSU is a little underrated, and they're in a good spot here. Yes, and. Let's be candid. What has been Georgia's? Because if you have great players, you're going to dominate significantly lesser teams. What's been Georgia's toughest game this year? On the road at South Carolina. And how good were South Carolina in your power rate? Uh, they gave up four rushing touchdowns at Missouri. So I mean, they, that's you're saying I they haven't concern. played a top thirty, a current top thirty team in your rankings. No. So how do we know how good they are? We don't. We do with LSU. So Fez, what makes you? I don't even get your handicap. I've got the number two team in the country. Okay, so you're letting the AP dictate. I agree with it. And but but I why? Two, I have Georgia number two in my power. And I've ratings. got an LSU team that was masquerading as a top ten team that is probably fifteenth or sixteenth best in the country. All right, boys, I'm joining you. Nine hundred, Fez. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Woo. Hey, if I get Brad and Ken with that kind of analysis, yeah, wasn't a good one. I got Fez. the number two team. It makes me worry. He's just got some. Where do you think this line goes, Fez? I think it'll stay right where it's at. I don't know. This is one of those. Yeah. He has no rationale. I'm the dirtiest player, <laughs> but he's got some inside yes, info of where really, the lines move. Fez rarely makes a maximum bet without something in his back pocket. Yeah, I, I think I, this line goes under a touchdown. Well, I tell you this, I was before I pressed the button, I'm looking up at pregame.com in the game center. And right now, stations, boy, it looks like LSU's the public side. Stations is seven flat. And let me see. Yeah. And then you got MGM seven minus one twenty. But at Pinnacle, it's pretty much flat at seven and a half. So we're not getting the line's fair to us. No doubt. All right. So just to be clear, recap. Wow, we didn't even expect that. So, Fez, why did you lean only on the notes? Because it's seven and a half is the widely available number, and I really didn't want to lay the hook. But now you're laying it for nine smacks. Yeah, but I'm not laying any vigs. So oh, he's he's always yeah. thinking. I mean, Fez is wrong sometimes, but he's never thoughtless. Yeah. So, Ken for five, hundred for me, or two hundred for me. Now, if Mackie wants a piece, you you want in for well, even G. Well, I would love to break your record that you said would oh, stand for all time. So, yeah. Mackie, absolutely, uh, no, no, hold on, can hold have a hundred dollars. Uh, hold the phone. <laughs> hold the phone. I don't want that. Oh, <laughs> but but no, uh, <laughs> no. Nah, nah. You have to do that on the side. Oh, he's he's waving it off anyway. Yeah, my Mackie can't be in the record breaking. Then what's the point? That's a good one. That's funny. <laughs> You know something? We got Dave Esler with some sound on this one. I got to be honest. I'm really hoping he agrees with me. It's going to reinforce my point. This is Dave's last third and final piece of sound. This week's what we saw last. So what we saw last was the LSU Tigers losing in Gainesville. What you didn't see unless you looked at the box score. They had more first downs than Florida, held Florida to 30% third down conversions and under 50% passing. What we saw last week was Georgia beat up on Vanderbilt. The week before, they beat up on Tennessee. No test there whatsoever. In fact, their biggest test this season was against a very raw Gamecock team. What we saw last year, Aga played two ranked teams on the road. 
beat the Irish by a point, and then a monster loss at Auburn. Last year, LSU played Auburn, a ranked team at home, wiped them out. This year, LSU's already beaten number eight, Miami, number seven, Auburn. So I look at this game. Over the last three years, LSU's 13-3 and at home. And what I've seen recently and historically tells me they might go to 14-3. and And at the very least, I think Georgia laying a touchdown on the road might be too many points. I agree. Brad, what do you think? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, listen, Ashler's a winner, too. Faz, if you want to buy out 50 bucks, I'll let you buy out of my 200. No, I'm good. Well, he seems, he, mm, I tell he's you, got something. I tell you this, he, he seems very comfortable. I mean, that's what bothers me. You know, and Dave, he cherry picked those stats. That's Fezzik style. I, I'm proud <laughs> of the way he did it. If you go back to that box score, Florida LSU, LSU did not outplay Florida. He's like, oh, really bad stats for Florida offensively. Yeah, both teams had really bad stats in that game offensively. Okay, guys, two games left. This is the game that people are going to talk about for years to come. <laughs> well, maybe not years to come, but it is a $500 auto bet crossfire. All right, Fez, it's your best bet. You start. I don't just like Michigan. I really like Michigan here laying the seven and a half. We know about Michigan. They're a bully, and this is their role. When they're laying points, they run it up, and they're in a good spot, I think, to run it up on whiskey. I don't understand how this Wisconsin team was so high-ranked coming into the year. Every time I watch them, they're awful. Their offense is so overrated, and that loss they had at home to BYU is looking worse and worse. BYU got blown out by Utah State, but the key to this game is at the very end of the Nebraska win, I'm watching, I don't really even know why, RJ, I'm watching the final three minutes of the Nebraska-Wisconsin game, and they are carting whiskey players off the field, and the announcers are like, we're going to run out of linebacker and safeties and and defensive backs. This is just a travesty. I look at the injury report. Three linebackers hurt. Three guys in the secondary hurt. Wisconsin is hurting on defense, and their offense has been underperforming. Michigan and Harbaugh runs it up by 20. That's Fezzik with his best bet. Michigan minus 7.5. Auto $500 fade. Brad Powers likes Wisconsin. Yeah, and you say Michigan's going to roll it up uh, on this Wisconsin defense. When has Michigan rolled it up on a ranked defense? Uh, I mean, at least a ranked team in the last couple years. They can't. I lost all faith. Look, I was Mr. Shea Patterson before the season. I lost. True, that is true. I lost all confidence in the Northwestern game. Michigan's laying a hefty number in that one against an average Northwestern defense. Michigan couldn't score enough to cover that one. They're certainly not going to score enough to cover this one. In fact, Wisconsin last 33, 33 Big Ten road games, zero. Zero is the amount of times they've lost by more than seven points. Give me the history. Give me a team that runs the football well. Past history says they can play defense. So we're not talking neutral in this case. You're saying just, pure road. Just pure road games, 33 of them. Wisconsin's lost by more than a touchdown. Zero. Give me the Badgers. Fast 20 seconds to rebut. This Wisconsin team is way down versus prior years. You talked about Michigan not being able to get it done against ranked teams. Whiskey won't be ranked at the end of the year. Way down. Yeah, they lost to BYU, but they beat Iowa on the road. How tough is it to win in Iowa on the road at night in a big spot? Iowa's season win number, seven and a half wins. They beat a seven and a half win team. It's a nice, nice little win against Iowa. This is a totally 
different class of teams playing Michigan. All right, guys. You know what's so fun about this? I didn't even realize it until we started doing it this way. These guys don't know what each other. So every time they put a like into group email, there's a chance it's going to be like a $900 bet. You never know. Boy, this is a good way. We've talked with 100 here, 100 there. doesn't really matter. It's pride. But you're betting 900. That's 900. Mm -hmm. That's something. So to me, when Fez gives the best bet, he's always on the hook for nine. And in this case, Brad gobbled it up. We'll see. Ken, what do you think? Well, I lean towards Michigan, but I'm really up in the air with this game because of Wisconsin's performance at Iowa. I didn't think they were going to win that game, and they played well enough in the second half to score 21 points and get the win by 11. So, you know, Michigan's really underperformed offensively. I thought Patterson was going to bring a heck of a lot more to the table. A couple decent receivers in Gentry and Collins and Peoples-Jones, but, you know, Higdon's really been the workhorse out of the backfield. They get Evans back, and True Wilson stepped up as well. The defense is good, and it's going to be an ugly game. It's probably an under-type game, and if it is, then Wisconsin's got a chance to cover that seven and a hook. I want to be with Brad here, but there's two, you know, on Wisconsin. Because, I mean, if there's one thing we know about Harbaugh. He smells. And in addition to that, <laughs> what, we, <laughs> what we know is speedy defenses stop that broken play offense that Michigan has. That's what they have, an athletic quarterback that scores on broken plays. But I don't think Wisconsin has the speed on defense. So Michigan can match them powerfully. And I think what happens is there's a couple broken plays that gives Michigan a chance here. So at seven, even money, I think I'd probably want to bet Michigan even. But boy, I, Fez, you're on a lot of favorites. It's okay to lay seven and a half when the line's going to close nine. Oh, he just, I mean, he just gave a hint. I wonder, you know, it's like... Do you think he has any, I mean, you would think at a certain point of success and, and, and we got one game left, but let's be honest. You've got, you know, you've been married quite a while. You go on multiple vacations a year. So obviously there's still love. You got a, a son you, you know, have strong love for and you're a great father. And I say that sincerely, but other than that, in this industry, it's hard to make friends. Right. Cause there's every, you know, a lot of times people are looking out for themselves. You had a lot of people you've known, you liked, but they've disappointed you. Wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah. But now it's been like five plus years with pregame loyalty. Brad's been here two years. You guys are close. Ken, I mean, you've, you've boycotted his show, but you still have feel like considering all the money that you've made. I'm already a multi millionaire. Do you still want to try to hustle like the only friends you got? Oh. <laughs> All I know is that I'm not supposed to talk about the Second Amendment and everything else is good. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, do you ever stop and think, I know something Brad does and I'm not going to take advantage? No, I, I don't do that to you, but to Brad, he <laughs> kind of hasn't been on board long enough. I still will do it. A couple more years of beating him up. He gets vested after Wait five years. Wait a minute. He's saying... He's saying that he doesn't do it to me when he bet me on a line move based on a weather report <laughs> that I gave him the weather guy. We voided that. Out. Yeah, yeah, because I <laughs> objected. <laughs> I mean, hey, this guy. RJ, let me let me uh, just say how important the Vegas line is from one point to another. Because if 
Georgia was only laying six to LSU. LSU would not be my best bet at seven and a half. I'm betting the same thing with Brad. If Mich- Michigan's only laying six to Wisconsin, there's no way Wisconsin's your best bet. No. Oh, it's not my best bet, it, but it's I don't life. like it. No yeah. question about yeah. it. I don't like it's it. A, especially through the second key, the yeah. second most key number seven. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's a great point Ken makes as an, as an exercise to the listeners. The rest of your life, or okay, the rest of the year, every bet you make, basketball and football, write down how you did and then write down how you would have done if you'd gotten one extra point and if you'd gotten one fewer points. You will be shocked at the difference in your net results after a couple of years. Great show. One game left. Brad, it's your best bet. Yeah, we're going a little off the radar here, but I'm going to take the Florida Gators minus seven against Vanderbilt. Now, I get it. A lot of people are going to say flat spot. Florida off a big win against LSU. Reality is Gators got a buy on deck, so they can still put some effort into here knowing that they got a buy on deck. And what else do I see? Vanderbilt is just simply overmatched when it comes to SEC opponents. Last 10 games, 1-9 and nine against the number, but they look great against non-conference competition. Beat up on the small guys, almost pulling out right upset over Notre Dame. When it comes to SEC play, Vanderbilt just hasn't stacked up. And where else they don't stack up? Home field. They don't have any. You talked about the Raiders and the Chargers last week. Pop in a Vanderbilt home game, where at best it's usually 50-50 crowd splits. Keep in mind, Nashville's a destination city. If you're one of these SEC road, and you're going to make one road trip a year, a lot of times Nashville is going to be circled on your calendar no home field advantage for Vanderbilt cheap number here Florida minus seven Ken what do you think can't disagree 17 to 6 that's the amount of turnovers Florida plus 11 on the season Vandy they're they're turnover prone they're going to be in trouble Mm, see that makes me not like Florida when you said that because that's but there's two different ways to think about that they cause the turnovers I don't understand why they do put pressure on the quarterback people say look oh yeah but they're getting all these turnovers they cause the turn you know why they cause turnovers because they hit harder than most teams do that is that distinction is one of the fundamental differences between the math guys and the non-math guys and I listen I probably lean more towards the math guys but I'll give you one last example to end the show. The Green Bay kicker that Mason missed. Mason Crosby, five yes. fields, yeah, five misses. Anyone that thinks after, you know, he did make a last field goal, right? So let's give him credit because they sh- kicked one with like a second or two left to get it to eight. Make the game go over. Oh, did that? Did that? 51, Boy, was, 51 was the total, yeah. So if you tell me, though, on his last couple of kicks, his odds of making him were the same as his career odds. That's what the math guys say. There's no momentum. There's no clutch. There's no no freaking way. He was changing his shoe. I read a, new, a game report. He changed his shoe halfway through the game saying, hey, this isn't working. Well, if a kicker's changing his shoe, that's probably not a good sign. But the math guys are going to poo-poo all of it. So, Ken, I think you've got some points. I also think in general the market doesn't pr- – I, I think wherever that line is, let's just say – the math guys think turnovers are almost all luck except for throwing interceptions, which is clearly some skill. Look at Tom Brady or whatever. He doesn't throw interceptions. All right. And then you think about the squares of the squares. Freddie Fanny Pack is saying, oh, look, so-and-so's plus nine in turnovers. They're very good. They're, they're a ball-hawking defense, right? That's the two extremes. I'm probably 75% to the, to the math guys. But I do think there's a, if you're fumbling a lot, you're thinking about it. Right. If you a defense that is getting a lot of turnovers, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. They start trying to strip the ball more. So Feds, on that spectrum from Freddie Fanny Pack 
to the nerdiest nerdy math guy, where do you think you fall? I'm more towards the nerdy guy, but there's exceptions. Well, we knew that. Oh, wait, that's something. Let's talk about Alabama. That Why does Alabama cover way more than 50% of the time? We talked about this because their athletes are so much better. Now, that shows up on yards per play and the metrics, but where it doesn't... But special teams, a lot, and if they do pick the ball off, better chance of returning it for a touchdown, that kind of thing. Exactly, and they're, more, they're stronger, and they can force the ball out of the hands. The turnovers are not random in Alabama games. And that's the difference between college football in the NFL is the talent aspect where teams like Alabama, USC mm. under Pete Carroll, every single year they're a plus 15 or 20 turnovers because they're the bigger, stronger, faster team can rip that ball. They're faster to cut in front of a slant pattern and pick the ball off. It's not such random when it comes to the bigger, stronger, faster team. And I got that team in this case <laughs> in Florida. How lucky are we to have the boys, Brad Power, Steve Fezzik, Ken Thompson, couple quick notes. One little shorter today. We're probably going to move towards this on our pods. Why? Because we're doing five hours a week on Straight Out of Vegas. And guys, we don't like to repeat ourselves. So if you get to listen live, six to seven Eastern, 200 plus stations, Fox Sports Radio across the country. Or go to foxsportsradio.com and you can listen. Or the iHeartRadio app. Or you can get the podcast on the iHeart app and on iTunes or any pod player. Just search for RJ Bell. You're going to see the Dream Preview. And also, you're going to see Straight Out of Vegas. Subscribe. Guys, the response has been great. If you want it all, you've got to listen to that. Number two, Brad Powers. He was he was uh, pulled out of retirement by the minus 105. He'll be with us on the NFL show. Let me just say it like this. I am not optimistic about Brad Powers' pocketbook when it's all over. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.